Hi, welcome. It's Suzanne Hemmett here from Collective Heard. This is the Collective Wisdom Podcast. I don't even know what this podcast is going to be called at this point in time, but by the time I post this, I assure you there will be some sort of a name for this podcast. I just, I had to hop on here and talk about this topic that I'm going to talk about today. Uh, because it it's really it's gotten under my skin I was going to um, get a, a better microphone to record these podcasts with and and I just I decided you know what I'm just gonna be imperfect and do this because it needs to be said and I need to get this out there so let me set the scene first of all um, so my daughter and I were talking the other day and she overheard a mother um, interacting with her daughter. The daughter was about 15 years old, just going into grade 10. And the daughter wanted to know, um, she was asking questions like, what, what is Fifty Shades of Grey? And what are the worst street drugs out there today? And you know, that she was just talking and asking these questions about things that were front and center for her, things that were coming up that she wanted to know about because she was curious. And clearly, somehow, somewhere, she'd been exposed to, you know, some small piece of these topics. And the mother kept putting her off and saying, you don't need to know about that right now. You don't need to know about it. You're, you're too young. You don't need to know anything about that. And the daughter genuinely wanted to know. She kept asking different questions and the mother kept putting her off with the same response. There's nothing you need to know about. You're too young. In other words, shutting the daughter down, discouraging her from asking any questions. And I just... I want to pull my hair out of my head when I hear that. So why should you even listen to me when I talk about this stuff? Let me, let me just back up a little bit. Uh, I don't want to brag, but my kids are awesome. <laughs> so just to set the stage, okay, I do want to brag a little bit. I am very proud of my two daughters. They are both in their 20s now. Um, you know, I, I raised them largely, mostly for a good majority of their lives on my own. Their father and I split up when the eldest was just starting high school. She was just about to start high school. And actually, we split up a little bit before that. Before that, though, before he moved out, he was a long haul trucker for about a year and a half. So he was never home. He was, he was always on the road. Before that, he was in a job where he worked crazy hours and commuted an hour and a half one way every day, like each way every day. So, you know, he worked overtime, plus he had this commute. So I, I was their primary caregiver for, for a good majority of their lives. And I tell you that not because I want sympathy or anything like that. But because I, I want to set the context that I had the most influence on these two young ladies. And they are amazing kids. You know, I'm so proud of them. 
they both did exceedingly well in high school despite everything that they had to go through and the, the stress of their parents splitting up. Uh, the one, one, well, they both graduated with honors from high school. The one won all kinds of awards. The other one was valedictorian. They both went on to university to have successful university careers. Uh, the one is one credit shy of completing her second degree. The other one graduated with honors. Uh, she's, you know, doing really well now pursuing her master's. She's just going into her master's program. The other one is starting her career. One was the front woman in a number, actually, of bands who recorded the songs that you can find out there. Um, the other one just got a new car, like brand new car. And she's the one who also has done a bit of world traveling. She went to Cambodia by herself to do some volunteering over there. And then she also went and toured around Europe with a friend. So what I'm saying is these are, you know, fully functioning, contributing, intelligent, well-adjusted human beings. I'm super proud of them. And not only have they achieved all of this in their young lives, but they're also really, really good people. So I just, I tell you that because I want you to know that, you know, whether it was due to my parenting or despite my parenting, they grew up to be really amazing young adults. And so with that context, here's my take on how you might want to handle it when your kid starts asking you questions. So first of all, when, when my child was, my children were before high school age, so when, when they were in grade school and they would ask questions, depending on you know, how, um, how well they were already familiar with a topic, and you know, the, the younger they were, the more likely I would do this pre-high school, if they asked me a question that was potentially something that I might uh, shock them with an answer or give them too much information than they were ready for, I would always precede my answer with a question back to them. You know, so if they would ask me, like, let's take, for example, Fifty Shades of Grey, that it wasn't even around back when they were in grade school, but if it had been, if they had asked me if they had asked me, you know, what is Fifty Shades of Grey all about? Anyway, my response to them would have been, well, what do you think it's all about? Because that gives me a tool to gauge where, just where is their understanding of all of this and what are they actually wanting to know, right? So depending on their response to my question back to them, that would inform how much I was going to tell them how much I was going to share but I would share as much as as I thought they were ready for because kids need to know they need to know they need to know that they can ask you questions in high school it might be a little bit different right I always from the I gotta tell you from the time they were toddlers I spoke to them as though they were adults as though they were equals again 
I didn't divulge everything that they could possibly ever need to know about a topic. I would give them as much information as they were ready for at whatever stage of life that they were in or that I deemed they were ready for. I'm sure I got it wrong sometimes. But my point is I treated them as though they were intelligent human beings, which they are. And keeping in mind that, that their brains are sponges, just huge sponges, especially up until six years of age. They take in so much, so much information. And then even after that, they're still taking in information. And I knew that if I didn't answer their questions, they would be going on whatever information they got out there in the world. And I had no control over that. You know, when they were in the schoolyard, what their friends said, what they happened to see on TV or read in a book or a magazine, I did not have complete control over everything that they might be exposed to every second of every day. And so when they asked me a question, I took that as an opportunity to give them correct information. And yes, that information included my biases, absolutely. But that's how we teach our children values, our values. We share with them our values. And hopefully we have good values and, and we're passing on good values to our children. But I mean, that's the nature of parenting, right? We pass along to our, our children, that's our legacy. Um, good or bad, we, we pass along our perceptions and, and what we know about the world. So getting back to the question, as a teen, if my, if my kids were to ask me something, I would absolutely take that as an opportunity to have a conversation with them about it. Because I knew full well that they were talking about if they if they were asking me, they might be asking their friends or they might have already heard something from someone or they were afraid to ask anywhere else and were just going on their own misconceptions and their own assumptions, which might be completely incorrect. So every time my kids asked a question, I tried my best to give them an honest and as complete as I felt they were ready for answer. And in high school, there was not a lot that I held back. Sure, you know, there's some topics, especially around sex, that get a little uncomfortable. You know, I, I really prefer my children not to know every detail about my personal sex life. So there, there were things that I kind of skirted around a little bit if they asked me, but for the most part, I wanted them to know what was going on. If they asked me a question that I didn't know the answer to, I would honestly say, I don't know the answer to that. What do you think? Let's, let's look it up. I'm interested now. Let's find out together. So, you know, this, this story that my daughter related about this girl who asked her mother and, and kept getting put off really got under my skin because we are shaping 
the future of our world with how we raise our children. And I'm not just talking about our own uh, prodigy, our, our own uh, children. I'm talking about everyone's children because it takes a village to raise a child, right? We all have a contribution, however small that might be, in raising the children that we encounter in our day-to-day -day lives. If I'm doing something and a, a child who doesn't even know me observes me doing that thing, I have now had an impact on them. So I don't care if you are a parent or an aunt or an uncle, or if you don't know any children personally in your lives, you are a part of the quote-unquote village that is raising the children around you. And we all have an impact on those children. And those children are going to be our leaders and our caretakers and our policy makers tomorrow, going forward. They're definitely going to have an impact on us. So I personally want to make sure that we're doing the best job we can possibly be doing to raise the children that are going to be shaping our future. It really does take a village to raise a child. So, so don't take for granted how much of an impact you could be having on the children out there today. By your example, by what you say, by what you do, by how you interact with them. And to take that a step further, it, do, it doesn't just take a village to raise a child, it takes a village to ensure happiness and fulfillment for everyone. I just recently finished reading a book by um, Johan Hari called Lost Connections, Uncovering the Real Causes of Depression and the Unexpected Solutions. And he speaks very much about this idea of community and village and and he talks about how we've become so disconnected that we're we're missing that human interaction that gives us the joy of life right the zest the juice of life human beings are gregarious creatures we are meant to live in community we are absolutely meant to live in community and interact and learn from one another and serve one another and find happiness and fulfillment and joy with that interaction with one another. So when you, when you take a child who's asking you a question and you put them off and you say, you don't need to know that, you're shutting that interaction down, you're contributing to their anxiety, you're contributing to their dissatisfaction with life. Why do you think we have so much mental illness these days? Why? Why has there been more and more and more and different kinds of mental illness? It is not just brain chemistry. In fact, if you read this book, Lost Connections, you'll understand that to a large degree, the the whole, you know, you're depressed because your brain chemistry is 
is off because your, your brain is defective and it's not producing enough of this particular hormone. And so that's why, that's why you're sad. So take a drug and that'll fix it. That's largely a misconception. There are some cases where someone definitely, absolutely will benefit from being on medication and, and in fact needs to be on medication. I am not denying that. And at the same time, there are lots of situations which we have created that contribute to people feeling depressed and anxious and disconnected and unhappy and unfulfilled. And it starts with shutting your kids down when they ask a question. And then it goes on into the world. I mean, you shut your kids down and they don't feel safe in asking you a question. Now what are they going to do? You're the safest person that they know in their lives, or you should be, right? Even abusive parents, children think that, that they're the safest people for them. They, they want to. It's human nature to, to love your parent and to want to feel safe with your parent. It's absolutely biological, human nature. So if you cannot ask your parent a question, if you cannot feel safe enough to ask your parent a question because you're going to get shut down or ridiculed or criticized, what are you going to do? As a, as a child in this day and age, you're going to go on the internet and you're going to look it up. You're going to Google whatever it is. And okay, yeah, you can say, well, I'm not going to give my child access to the internet, which is almost impossible, by the way, because <laughs> send your kid to school and they are told by their teachers, now go home and research this on the internet. Go to this website. Interact with, with our school program on this website. You cannot keep your kids off the internet these days. Even if you homeschool them, how are you going to have access to all the wealth of information that is out there today? Everything is digital. So let's, let's not even go there. It's unrealistic to think that you can cut them off from all of that information. So they're going to go out there and they're going to try and find this information on their own. And they're going to spend a lot of time finding, looking for information on their own because they are information-seeking machines at this point in their lives. They want to know. They want to know. They're sponges. There are all kinds of things that they're experiencing in their lives that they need answers to, that they want answers to. And they're going to start looking for them online. And Google is bad enough, you know, there, there's no filter out there that tells someone who's looking on Google whether this is a reliable source or an unreliable source or complete horseshit, pardon my language, right? You go on Google, you really don't know unless you do know, and that's a whole other story. If you can, if you have critical thinking skills and, and you've learned how to discern what might be a reliable source and what might not be a reliable source, you're probably in university or beyond. But at the, at the information seeking stage, at the sponge stage, at the I need to know everything about my world and about myself stage before they get out into university, before they learn a lot of those critical thinking skills. 
kids go on the internet and they take in whatever they get. And if you have no input, if you refuse to answer their questions, if you shut them down when they do ask questions, then you have no influence, no filter, no impact on what information they're taking in as fact and what information they're questioning or doubting or discarding. And you're teaching them that it's better to just go be by yourself and look it up on the internet and don't ask questions and don't interact with other people, which leads to anxiety because we're gregarious creatures. We're meant to be in community. We are meant to learn from one another. And when we can't do that on a deep, deep, deep level, it creates anxiety because that's who we are as creatures, as beings, as human beings. That's how on the very, very, deepest reptilian brain level how that's how we know how to survive by staying in community so when when you shut a child down and they go and they hang out on the internet by themselves um they're they might be interacting with someone in you know some sort of a chat group or community or whatever but it's not face-to-face. -face. It's not the way we're, we're meant to interact. You're, you're creating this disconnect for them, this isolation for them that leads to anxiety and depression because their very lives are, are threatened on a, on a deep, deep level by not being in community. <sighs> it's a vicious circle. And so if you're a parent of a child of any age, really, you know, if your children are too young to start asking the, the difficult questions, be prepared because there is going to come a day when they ask those questions. And, you know, maybe now is a good time to start figuring out how you're going to deal with that. Don't keep your head in the sand. Ask yourself, you know, if my child asked me this question, how would I answer it? What example am I, am I giving to my child? Oh, and that's another thing. So I can't remember what the show was that this family was pretty much addicted to, but the same family that would not answer these basic questions about life to their 15-year-old daughter would regularly sit down and watch a TV program or a Netflix program um, about drugs and violence and sexual promiscuity and all kinds of drama. That's the, that's the kind of media they would consume with their child and then not have the conversations around all these things that come up in the show to debunk what they were seeing in this TV show as if the TV show was fact, as if the TV show was a reliable source for learning about the world. Do you see how ridiculous that is? Anyway, I, I had to share that. I, I just, 
I believe so strongly in shaping, helping to shape our, our youth into the best possible human beings we can absolutely help them to be. You know, we are all leaders, every single one of us, whether, whether you think you are or you're not, in some way, shape, or form, you are a leader because there is someone out there, somewhere, looking to you for guidance, for leadership, for an example to follow. And I implore you for, for the benefit of mankind, for your own your own survival in in the future to take that seriously and be aware of what you're teaching what you're doing what you're what you're exemplifying in how you interact with other people and how you carry yourself in the world be amazing brave your brilliance be the best that you can be and I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye for now.